Welcome back to a late night podcast. Late night edition of 24's podcast. I'm back. I'm 24. I said yesterday we're going to wrap up the NFL Combine. I'm just going to talk about some of the prospects. And then we're going to peace out. Hopefully this isn't too long. Hopefully this is a 30-minute podcast. Maybe 40 minutes. Every single time I say that, it's not. It's like an hour. But we're also kind of going to talk about Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, and J.C. Jackson. Some of the big-name free agents that could potentially be available to a team near you. And some of the teams and some of the matchups and things of that nature. Well, or, or some of the teams that they maybe should go to in some of the... Um, places that would fit pretty well. Anyways, great podcast coming up, ladies and gentlemen, right here. Jesus Christ, can you imagine that Foo Fighters has been around for almost 30 years? God, man. Dave Grohl is so awesome. Dave Grohl is such an awesome musician. Um, Let's start off with the Cowboys. By the way, God, I'm so proud of myself today. Jesus Christ. Let me, let me help you out. Playing this game called Elden Ring. I've been playing it for the last couple of hours. I've been trying to beat, like, multiple bosses. Really? Oh, yeah. Also, I've been, like, canceling a bajillion subscriptions and stuff like that as well. Just because I'm like, I gotta I gotta cancel some subscriptions. Like, Apple TV. I was like, I watched it because of uh, Ted Lasso, and that's pretty much it. But I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I've been busy just canceling some stuff, making sure I have some money. I may, you know, there's this, um, I remember reading this article a couple of days ago where... There was this author that was uh, that was creating his own Kickstarter campaign, and like everybody went ballistic for it. Like he was just like, "I just want to raise like one million dollars to publish these four books." And uh, within like the last, within like the first day or two, he raised like eight million, and now it's at like twenty five million. And now it's just like, I don't know. I've never heard of this author. His name is Brandon Sanderson, and apparently a lot of people love his books. And I was just like, oh, maybe I should get into reading some of his books. Like, it seems kind of interesting. All of them are going to be available next year as well. And I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I should get in on that. Just think that's weird. It's just like, he was just like, yeah. Like, it's weird how some of the Kickstarter campaigns are, like, super successful and actually, like, give you stuff that you want. Whereas, like, some other Kickstarter campaigns do literally the complete opposite. Anyways, I was playing Elden Ring today. I've put in an ungodly amount of time. I don't think I've talked about me playing Elden Ring. I've only been back for like four days. Um, I it, I have a problem. I have a problem. It came out almost two weeks ago. And I've been playing the shit out of it. Just like everybody else. Everybody else has been playing Elden Ring. If you haven't been playing Elden Ring, then you're missing out. I'm nowhere close to beating it. I'm nowhere like I'm I, I'm still I still have like so much stuff to do. And I'm like. 65 hours into it and essentially the last 20 to maybe 25 hours was essentially just me getting this one set of armor and like leveling up but yeah like I'm I'm almost I'm surprised at how much time I've put in and 
still there's like this huge chunk of the map that I still have not unlocked yet at all. And I still haven't beaten like a, a huge percentage of the bosses and things of that nature. And like one region, it's the red region, it's Khalid or Khalid, however you say it. But I just got Balid's um, Ballads or whatever his name is, the wolf guy that you see. I just got his armor. I was super stoked on that. I was ready to and waiting to get it. I was like, oh my god, I gotta get it. And I freaking got it tonight, too. Um, one of the uh the main bosses that you actually have to fucking play against. And this is like how insane some of the bosses are. So if you don't know anything about Elden Ring or why you should play it or why I'm playing it, essentially like the main draw of the game is how awesome the landscape and the world is, and also how insanely difficult and awesome the bosses are uh one of the bosses that i fought today i shit you not was a literal like centipede with wings uh that also has like human hands uh and like a human skull with like horns on the human skull um that also controls gravity <laughs> That also, like, controls gravity and stuff like that. And, like, I encountered him today and I beat him today. And I was just like, easy work. Easy work. That was what I was doing, like, the last couple of hours. It's why I'm, like, super late. I was like, I know if I beat this guy, he's the last fucking obstacle for me to, um, b before I get the armor. And I was just like, I gotta fucking beat this guy. So that way I can get the armor and go to sleep tonight and say to myself, I accomplished something tonight. And I did. I beat a really, really... He wasn't that hard. He was just interesting. Anyways, that's what I've been doing um, for the last couple of hours. Playing the shit out of Elden Ring. 65 fucking hours. Easily. In an Elden Ring. Um, let's transition, obviously, into football. A little bit of fun. A little bit of a primer. We'll probably talk about basketball, by the way. Also kind of a change to the podcast format i'm not gonna have podcasts on the weekend for the foreseeable future i'll probably have like five podcasts during the week just because of the change in schedule like um like, like I, I it'll essentially be i think the same amount of podcasts well it'll technically be lower because the nfl is done but like the weekends will essentially be free time and me time it's gonna be so weird to not do anything on a sunday because, like, Sunday has been, like, my most busiest day for, like, six months straight. Even during the preseason. And um, so now it's just going to be, like, literally what a Sunday is supposed to be. Where it's, like, leisure. I'm actually kind of excited. I love the off season where it's just, like, I don't have to. Not have to, but I love, like, having my weekends back. Because I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, like, like whenever people are like, hey, 24, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I'm watching 12 hours of football on Saturday. And I'm watching 12 hours of football on Sunday. I can't do anything today. They're like, oh, um, when are you available? Uh, never. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never, I'm always busy. Anyways, um, I'm excited for that. We'll have five podcasts during the week and then we'll have, uh, no podcasts during the weekend. Let's talk about the, um, some of the players that are going to be up tomorrow. So Devonte Smith is apparently not Devonte Smith, Devonte Adams, Packers wide receiver, stud 
Um, he's probably going to get tagged tomorrow. It's going to be an interesting tomorrow. And the reason why I say that, allegedly Aaron Rodgers is torn between whether or not he wants to be a Green Bay Packer or not. I think that's true. I don't know if he wants to retire. I don't think he wants to retire, if I'm 100% honest with you. Let me take a swig of my water. Sorry about that. However, even though I said, um, you know, hey, um, uh, I don't think he's going to retire. I also was like, I was pretty sure that he was going to not be a Green Bay Packer last year, if you want my honest opinion about it. So what do I know? Aaron Rodgers is an enigma wrapped up in a labyrinth, wrapped up in stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what's funny? I saw Emmanuel Ocho was like trending today on Twitter. Emmanuel Ocho is like a um, what is he? He's like this uh, this analyst for Fox uh, for Fox Sports. And I talked about how I like there's this one TV show that they have on. It's called Speak for Yourself. And I was actually going to watch it after Jason Whitlock, Whitlock like left Fox, or more specifically, Fox did not extend him, which essentially means he got fired. Because uh, people did not watch his fucking show. Uh, and um, I, I don't watch Speak for Yourself. Even though they have Marcellus Wiley. I, I love Marcellus Wiley. It's because Emmanuel Ocho, who, who's um, Oprah's boy. <laughs> He's the guy that's on every single Oprah TV show talking, having hard conversations with people. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Where did he come out? He's a former terrible NFL player that literally only got 20 snaps in the NFL. Or 22 tackles. He used to be a linebacker. I'm like, how did he, how, like, how does he, how is he so successful? He was a terrible football player. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. But uh, he was absolutely getting dunked on today because he brought up this weird statistic about Lamar Jackson where um, Lamar Jackson ta like says that there's bias against black quarterbacks. And if you don't think so, you're an idiot. He literally got asked uh to play wide receiver apparently so did desmond ritter like apparently desmond ritter was asked to apparently play wide receiver or tight end morons by the way but like what's his name emmanuel ocho is like is this race or ratio and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about you idiot and he brings up this statistic of um what is it Race versus ratio, career passing yards versus career rushing yards. What? How does he explain this? This is a rear ratio. Hold on. Hold on. You know, somebody brought this up. Like, he's somebody who shows how low of an IQ he has by just how constant he talks. I'm like, if you just found a good time to shut up, you would literally just make yourself sound like 20 times more intelligent. Like he just says a bunch of word salad and gibberish. Sometimes I do, but I'll always try to like reach a point. Like for example, we like we, I was going to start talking about Demarcus Lawrence and JC Jackson and Devontae Adams. And now I'm like super distracted with talking about Emmanuel Ocho because he's a moron and he's super easy to dunk one. I got a burp, but I mean, 
Like, this is such a weird... Hold on. Let me let me play you a little bit of this. So that way you can uh, kind of uh, live in the suffering with me as well. Yards, six passing yards or less. You have never won a Super Bowl as a... Hold on. Quarterback. There's... My bad. Hold on. Uh, also, let me plug in my computer. My computer also doesn't have a... Doesn't have a... What is it? My, my computer's almost out of battery. Hold on. Oh. All right, here we go. Sorry about that. <clears throat> here we go. There's bias against quarterbacks in the National Football League, but the question we all have to ask ourselves is it racial? Or is it ratio? What do I mean? If you only have six passing yards for every one rushing yard, six passing yards or less, you have never won a Super Bowl as a quarterback. So <laughs> what? I feel like he just made that statistic up. He's just like, you know what? There's no good statistics to prove my point. So I'll just make one up. I'll make up, um, what is it? For every six? What? I mean, it's just like, oh my God, I hate people like this so much. I'm not going to break this down too much, but it's just like, like you just made that statistic up. <laughs> it's just like, where did you find this stuff? It's just like, you know, there's so many easier statistics that you can use, you know, completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, oh God, talking about ratios now. <laughs> But he's just like, you know what? I'm going to use um for every one or for every six rushing yards you like I don't I don't even know the statistic. What is it? Or less, you have never won a Super Bowl as a quarterback. What is it? I mean, if you only have six passing yards for every one rushing yard, six passing yards or less, you have never won a Super Bowl as a quarterback. I don't know. That sounds like a pretty good ratio to me. Like 6 to 1 or whatever. I don't know. That seems pretty good or even less than that. I don't know. But I mean, like, like, what is it? Like how many studies, like, like what about fucking Tom Brady? I don't I don't understand the ratio, like, but also this, the ratio is down. So there is definitely bias. Let's take a look at the, those quarterbacks that fall under that six to one ratio. You see, I, I got Mike Vick 3.7. So career passing yards versus career rushing yards under six to one. Okay. Yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. This is just one of those dumbass statistics where I'm like, oh yeah, this is stupid. This doesn't have any impact on, on uh, on the actual players themselves, and it's just like, goodness gracious, this is ridiculous. Oh my god. And people dunked on him all day long. I loved it. All right. Sorry. Anyways, um, getting back to what we were talking about. We were talking about Devontae Adams and we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and how um, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God. Russell Westbrook does not like being called Russell West West Brick. He's being called Russell Westbrook and he's in he's like in a media conference right now. I'm on Twitter. 
He's in like a media conference and he's just like, I don't like being called Wes- Russell Westbrook. And so now fans will 1000% call him that, which is not very good for him. Sorry. Anyways, going back to what I was talking about with Devontae Adams. I know we've bounced around a lot. So Devontae and Aaron, their futures are kind of up in the air. And look, man, the Packers have really screwed this up. I talked about it two years ago where I was like, look, the Packers should not have drafted Justin, not Justin, Jordan Love, excuse me, if he was not ready to start by year two. He is now, I think, going into like year three. He is not ready to start. That is obvious by like how fast they are like sprinting to um to pay Aaron Rodgers. Like apparently he wants like forty five million or plus. Like apparently I think on the table right now is a deal for like fifty million dollars annually for three years, which um like I I don't even know if like I don't I don't know it, it's it's weird I don't know if he's gonna take it or not. But that's the uh, the deal that's on the table. Fifty million per year, three years, one fifty million dollars total. Okay. Now, for me, I don't know if Aaron, like I don't know if he's going to, like I I don't know what he's gonna do. I've said it before. I've been dead wrong on Aaron. I thought he was gonna announce his whatever his retirement or that he's going to come back to the Packers or that he's gonna be traded like two weeks ago. Um, I don't know if he's going to go on Pat McAfee's show to, uh, today, actually, because it's like midnight or one o'clock. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I had a sneeze. Like, I don't know if he's going to be back. I, I really don't. But what I do know is that Aaron, I mean, he controls that division. He controls the AFC North. The Green Bay Packers are like, shit, we don't want to roll it with, with Jordan Love. And then you hear that Devontae Adams is like, bro, um, I don't want to play with Jordan Love um, or more specifically, I don't want to be a Green Bay Packer if Aaron Rodgers isn't here. And, you know, I thought for kind of like a couple of years that this situation was kind of going to play out how like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers' situation kind of did where Brett Favre was like, I want to be a Green Bay Packer. And then the Green Bay Packers were like, we're forcing you out because Aaron Rodgers is better. And I thought that may have happened with Jordan Love and then the Green Bay Packers, like, like they had the plan, they had the formula, and they just didn't execute on that plan, on that formula. So it's like, I, I mean, I can't believe it myself. It's so weird. <clears throat> Why do I sound sick now? I don't know. It's like I have a bunch of, like, sinus or fluid in my sinuses. I don't know. But Aaron to me is like he's a big puzzle piece for that for that team and whether or not they're going to be competitively viable in the next couple of years and the same thing kind of goes with Devontae Adams like I say it all the time a lot of their offensive scheme is hey uh Devontae Adams get open you know and he does and you know it's not necessarily like throw it up to him in a 50-50 ball scenario it's more along the lines of we have to rely on his awesome route running to be able to, to be successful. And then it's just like another really, really big reason as to why it's so important for them to keep Devontae Adams. Look around Devontae Adams. Who's the number two guy? Alan Lazard off of the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad. Randall Cobb, who's like 
kind of getting towards the end of his career. I love Cobb. He's one of my favorite receivers, but I mean, third team, three years. That's who your number three guy is. I love Mike Tanyan, but as I've kind of like learned and experienced with Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz, like Dalton Schultz is a really, really good tight end, but it's a lot of Dak Prescott kind of making him that really, really awesome tight end in the sense of like him throwing him a bunch of really, really awesome passes and things of that nature and checking it down to Dalton Schultz. But also Dalton Schultz is admittedly a pretty decent tight end as well. I don't necessarily know if Mike Tanyan is as good of a tight end. Did you know that Mike Tanyan is like a really, really good tight end? Let me show you what I mean. Like, what does it mean to be a really, really good tight end? Well, essentially, Mike Tanyan has been like one of the league leaders in touchdowns in the last couple of years. That's what I mean. Um, God, like I can't even. Is it Mike Tanyan or Robert Tanyan? Oh, my bad. I've been saying his name wrong. It's Robert Tanyan. Touchdowns. He had 11 in 2020. And then he got hurt last year. Like, just so we're, uh, just so we're on the up and up. But, uh, like, it, like some people will talk about his yards, and it's just like, like, again, yards for tight ends is subjective. He doesn't necessarily get a lot of receptions. He got, like, 52. I mean, he doesn't get a whole lot of targets. He got 59 targets in 2020, and he got 52 receptions. So, I mean, literally one of the most efficient players on the team, right? And then in 20, what is it, 2021, he only got 29 targets, 18 receptions. Again, like, still really, really efficient, but again, like, he he's not necessarily getting a shit ton of targets. You know what I'm saying? So, Mike Tanyan... And all, like, I don't think Devontae Adams is necessarily, like, a bad player or whatever. Like, some people are going to be like, oh, man, he he got made by Aaron. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But I also don't think that, I like, I, I think he, I think he understands, Devontae understands that a lot of what, I don't want to say all of his success, but a lot of his success is kind of formed by Aaron, right? I think that's the reality of the situation with Devontae Adams. And he's just like, I don't want to fucking be put on a team with a guy that probably can't throw me the same exact balls as Aaron or as good of a ball as Aaron. So it's going to be an interesting free agency. I think he, I mean, not I think I know he's going to get tagged. There's no way that you're not going to tag one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. There's no way. Absolutely no way. So he's going to get tagged this year. Um, I don't necessarily know if he's going to get paid or not. That's going to be an interesting kind of dilemma for them as uh, as Packers. And, you know, we will wait and see about Aaron Rodgers. Funny enough, um, he said that he – like the reason why I thought he would have – said given the whole announcement thing uh, I think last week is because he said that he doesn't want this to be a distraction and he also said that he was going to make his decision pretty quickly and this was like literally last year and I mean we're like a week away from free agency ending and or excuse me from free agency beginning and we still like do not have an answer of 
whether or not he is going to be a Green Bay Packer or not. So, again, uh, like, I've been wrong on Aaron Rodgers before. I'm like, I, I'm shrugging my shoulders and just saying, and putting my hands up in the air saying, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, that's Aaron. That's Devontae. Let's talk about the Cowboys here. So, news kind of broke over the weekend that the Dallas Cowboys were going to trade or release Amari Cooper and then trade or release Demarcus Lawrence. Initial reactions were, I liked it, and I don't like it because Amari is one of the Cowboys' best receivers, but he's been hurt and he's been inconsistent for the last couple of years. CeeDee Lamb has had, like, unfortunately consistent drops on third down, but he's been, like, one of their better wide receivers, to be honest with you. And he has a lot of potential to um, to be to kind of take a huge jump next year, especially with uh, um, Amari Cooper not on the team, right? And if he's the number one guy, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how he develops. So I always say, right, as, you know, as you, like, release or you trade away key players at key positions, how do you replace them? Right. Because, you know, like if you're going to release a starter, you you need to replace that starter with another starter. And then you also if they're like a great player. I always use the uh, the Jalen Ramsey metaphor from Jacksonville, like Jalen Ramsey was an awesome cornerback in Jacksonville. And, um, you know, like he was one. I mean, he's one of the best corners in the NFL. And I was like, okay, if you're going to trade away Jalen Ramsey, you need to get another corner and you would hope that he's awesome, right? Because corner is one of the most important positions in all of football. So it's just like, you know, they traded him away. And ever since then, they have not found a corner that is as awesome as, as Jalen Ramsey. And it's like literally not even close. And then to make matters worse. Um, yeah, that's it. Like they haven't found a, a, a suitable corner. And then they haven't found a suitable corner to replace Jalen Ramsey. It's just like, so their secondary sucks. They got nothing from him, pretty much. I don't even know what the uh, the cost of the not the cost, but I don't even know what the um, what the trade was. I forgot what it was. Not the not the value of the trade specifically, but I forgot what exactly they gave up for him or what they got for him. And um, it it hasn't been cost effective at all, right? So if we tr kind of transfer that metaphor to the Cowboys, well, what does that mean for the Cowboys in general? Well, we kind of talked about how Amari is kind of like a suitable replacement for, um, excuse me, how CD is kind of like a suitable replacement for Amari, right? Hold on. And how the Cowboys will more likely than not just move CD Lamb over into a more active role on the offense, which, you know, you don't mind really at all. And then on the flip side of that, <clears throat> you look at, um, what is it? What is it? On the, like, I'm, I'm watching, by the way, Calvin Ridley getting suspended. I don't know if I'll talk about it today, by the way. Anyways, um, on the flip side of the, um, on the flip side of like Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and how CeeDee Lamb is like an actual decent replacement for him. And probably the Cowboys will probably draft somebody. I don't know if it'll be a slot receiver. I don't know if it'll be a versatile receiver. All the receivers nowadays can kind of do everything. They can play inside. They can play outside. They can essentially do everything, right? So we'll kind of see about that. But 
when it comes to Demarcus Lawrence, they already have a very obvious replacement for him, and that's Micah Parsons, right? Like, Micah Parsons is a significantly better player. He stops the run better. He rushes the passer better. Let me pull up Demarcus Lawrence's statistics. And, you know, Shannon Sharp really broke it down great on first take. Or not first take. What's it called? Um, What's it called? Um, Undisputed. He broke it down. He was just like, Demarcus is more of a run-stuffing defensive end than uh, a, uh, a pass-rushing sack leader, right? And I've been saying it for years, right? You only have to look at his sacks. Some people want to say, you know, being a defensive end is more than getting sacks, and I agree. But being the best defensive end or being one of the best defensive linemen is kind of all about sacks, right? And when you look at, like, I mean, we, we can do this, right? Like, let's pull up Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, and then we can pull up TJ Watt. Hold on. Boom, Aaron Donald, I got his statistics, TJ Watt, and then we can do Miles Garrett, right? I don't have to look up Micah Parsons' statistics, I know he has 13 sacks. So, when it comes to Demarcus Lawrence, he has had two seasons where he's had double-digit sacks. Double-digit sacks meaning 10 or more sacks, right? Last year, he had three sacks. He was hurt for the majority of the season. In 2020, he had six and a half. He was not hurt at all. In 2019, he had five sacks. So, he has, yikes, almost had, hold on. He is literally in almost three years. He has literally in three years almost had, excuse me, He's literally in three years had one more sack, one and a half more sacks than Micah Parsons has has had in one. Just so we're like putting in proper perspective just like what Micah Parsons does versus what Randy, not Randy, but what Demarcus Lawrence does. And again, Micah Parsons played significantly better and it was a cool addition. He was a cool addition to the team, but it was not as if Demarcus Lawrence was the team. Like, the defense played significantly better without him. And the question for me when he came back from injury was, how does he fit in the Cowboys' offense? Or, excuse me, how does he fit into the Cowboys' defensive scheme? How does he not ruin the flow? And he didn't. He played multiple positions and things of that nature. And I was just like, okay, that works out fine. So, again, he has two, two double-digit sack seasons, okay? And um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons, okay? Aaron Donald, how many double-digit sack seasons does he have literally in the exact same amount of time? He has one, two, three, four, five, six. While playing a significantly harder position, that is the defensive tackle position. But then you compound that with the fact that he also has never had a season in his entire NFL career where he has had less than eight sacks. Demarcus Lawrence, when it comes to his seasons where he has had less than eight sacks, he has one, two, three, four, five out of eight seasons where, he's, where he has had less than eight sacks. But it's not about sacks, 24. Yes, it is. For his position, he's getting paid $27 million, folks. That's Aaron Donald, dominant player. And if you're wondering, well, why am I comparing him with the best? Because he's 
due to make $27 million this year. TJ Watt, um, his lowest sack total is six games, or excuse me, seven sacks. Demarcus Lawrence has only had, excuse me, let me, let, it would be easier to tell you how many times Demarcus Lawrence um, had, has, he's only had three seasons where he's had eight or more sacks. Okay. TJ Watt has had seven sacks, 13, 14 and a half, 15 and uh, 15 sacks, and then 22 and a half sacks last season. In five years, he has been in double, um, double figures twice. And then Miles Garrett, Oh, they both got drafted in the same draft. Yikes. Miles Garrett is essentially the exact same player. Seven sacks in his first year and then double figures in every single year after that. So when it comes to DeMarcus, I'm like, I don't mind them releasing DeMarcus. I don't mind them really releasing Amari. He's making $20 million. He should not be making $20 million. It's a, it's interesting. You know, Michael Gallup, it's rumored that he's going to make $10 million for the next five years. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's a good contract. And apparently Cedric Wilson is going to make not $10 million per year, but he's going to make like pretty decent money and they're going to try and sign him long-term. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense too. The two the two total contracts are going to amount to less than Amari Cooper. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's a good, you know, that's a fair trade-off. But the point is for both of these players, specifically for DeMarcus, is that he's overrated and he's done. He's a great run stuffer, but he's also not really a great pass rusher. That's very, very obvious. It sucks to be him. Unfortunately. Maybe not. I mean, he's getting paid tens of millions of dollars, but still. It sucks that he's about to be cut. Or traded. Apparently, the Cowboys were like, um, hey... We'll keep you if you take a pay cut. And then he said, fuck no. And then they'll say, all right, uh, goodbye. We don't need you. We got Micah. Kind of reminded me of the Patriots. Where it's like, Bill Belichick always gets rid of his players. You know, two years before instead of one year after. The metaphor being, he gets rid of players two years before they're not very good. Versus two versus a year after they're like out of their prime and they're not very good. He like preemptively strikes when it comes to their contracts. Kind of interesting, for me at least. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a page right out of the uh, the Patriots textbook. Getting rid of your best players before they uh, they start to suck. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, that's interesting. So he's going to go off in free agency. Look, I think there are certain teams that, that can definitely benefit from getting DeMarcus Lawrence. I think maybe the Patriots may be interested, depending on how much money he wants. I think a team, for example, like the um, like the Steelers and the Browns are going to be interested because I think what he does, I like, again, he's a great run stuffer. And if you were to tell me, like, yeah, like we're going to have – Miles Garrett and Demarcus Lawrence to, you know, to roll around the football field with or TJ Watt and Demarcus Lawrence. I think that's a wait. I think that's an awesome matchup. I think that's a great matchup or more specifically, excuse me, a great combination for players. But, you know, we'll see about Demarcus. He's, he's going to have, you know, he's going to have suitors. It's going to be interesting. You know, it is. 
It really is because it's like, because I, I, I like my mind starts to kind of like just you know think to myself. I'm like, would a team like uh, what's his name? Would a team like um, the Detroit Lions would they be interested in Demarcus Lawrence, for example? I think that would be interesting, right? They won't shut up about um, about how awesome you know x player is right like they won't talk about fucking you know how awesome like i like like or not how awesome but how much they need like um you know a pass rusher in detroit or whatever but i'm like okay that that would kind of be an interesting like formula but there's not a formula but that would be like an interesting like you know combination of players you know aiden hudgens and potentially with demarcus lawrence Mm -hmm. trying to think of like an edge rusher who's kind of doing it by himself Depending on what happens with Von Miller, Demarcus Lawrence, like another place that I thought that he could potentially go to was actually the Rams because I was like, oh, like Von Miller, if Von Miller leaves, I'm like, oh, you could go to Los Angeles and be a, you know, a Ram for a year or two years or whatever. Hmm. Same thing goes for the Jets. He's going to have suitors. He's a good defensive end. He's just terrible. Maybe not terrible. He's not very good as a pass rusher. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see where, where he's going to go. He's like an actual good player who actually can have impact on the league and how the league works and things of that nature. It's kind of the exact same thing with Amari. Like they're good players. They're just obnoxiously overpaid, like ungodly overpaid. It's funny. It's like the only guy that isn't overpaid is Dak Prescott. Like Zeke is overpaid. Jalen Smith is overpaid. Amari Cooper is overpaid. Demarcus Lawrence is overpaid. Like Dak Prescott is like the only guy that isn't overpaid. He has the, he has the, the statistics to prove it. He did not play well in that playoff game against the Niners, but like he played awesome for the majority of the season last season. He just didn't play well down the stretch. He's got to play better down the stretch, but. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what teams I keep hearing like Cleveland may be interested in Amari Cooper, which I would be intrigued by that idea of like Cleveland of like Cleveland trying to go after Amari Cooper and trying to like run it back, <laughs> run it back with like, it's just like, I mean, have we not seen this story enough where it's just like, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, just, uh, just. This is like, um, you know, hey, I'm uh, like, I'm just going to fucking, you know, just like Odell, not Odell, but like Baker's like, I'm going to take a veteran uh, free agent uh, wide receiver and I'm just going to make him play worse than he actually is. Like, have we just not experienced that enough? I guess not. I guess not. But, um. Goodness gracious. Oh, my God. Why, why am I getting – I feel – it's not that I'm feeling sick. It's just like I don't know why. I don't know what is going on with me. Anyways. um, Oh, my God. Baker Mayfield getting Amari Cooper is just – I mean, it, it, it's just it's just hilarious. It's not as bad as, like, the Odell situation, but it's it, – like, oh, my God. I can't imagine that. Where would Amari Cooper go, though? Wherever Aaron would go. Wouldn't that be interesting, right? 
to me at least it would be interesting. Like if you were the Packers, yeah, that would work. Like if you were the Packers, for example, because Amari Cooper had his best career years with Dak Prescott. And, you know, as much as people want to say Dak Prescott sucks, like Dak Prescott is a great quarterback, right? And it's like if you're Amari, right, and if you know that you're like – I mean, he's about to be traded or released. If you're Amari, why wouldn't – or not even Amari, really. If you're Green Bay, I would make some phone calls to Dallas. I would be like, you want a third-round draft pick? I mean, their third-rounder is like a fourth-rounder, but it's just like you would have to probably offer them like a second-rounder, for example. And maybe Dallas would have to give you like a late round draft pick and then you would have to get it going. And you're like, hey, Aaron, we're I mean, there would be like in salary cap hell and you would probably have to wait for them to you would have to wait for Amari to be released. I'm going on over the cap dot com now. They're definitely in the red. Yeah, they're t- oh God, they're twenty six million dollars over the red. But it's like. I would, I would, I would hit some. Sw- how, first and foremost, hold on. That's an interesting situation in Green Bay. They're, they're. It's not just that they're like over the cap. They're like grossly over the cap, and Aaron takes up a shit ton of their money. He takes up forty six million dollars against the cap. However, you can save nineteen million dollars against the cap by like trading or releasing him, right? But it's like Green Bay, man. I mean, goodness gracious. Their cap situation is like the worst in the NFL. I do remember hearing that. Like they don't have any money. And some of their like, do you want Zadarius Smith to be here long term? What about Preston Smith? Who's making who you could potentially release for 12 million. They're going to have to hit some switches. Goodness gracious on uh, on some of their guys this season. But I would make a play for Amari Cooper if I was Green Bay. I'd be like, why not? Why not? You got to get somebody here for Aaron. Anyways, that would work. Anyways, um, final thing we got to talk about here today. I want to talk about it. Some of the players, and I understand fully that nobody's going to watch like <laughs> All six hours, if you did watch all six hours of, I think it may have been all six hours of my combine conversation. Thank you so much. Um, But I do not expect you to watch six hours. If you did, once again, thank you. Um, I thought we would kind of recap a lot of the studs kind of coming out of the, uh, the draft here. And I'll refer a lot to my notes here. And I'll kind of go quickly here. Because I love how I'm, I love how I always say it's, you know, like we're going to be 30 minutes and then it's going to be an hour. Uh, I'm just going to hit on some of the guys. This isn't every single guy that impressed um, at the combine over the last four days. This is really just like, <clears throat> this is really just like some of the guys that really did a great job this year at the combine. Um, Malik Willis, you know. I've been all over him since, you know, um, maybe August. Awesome, 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 awesome quarterback prospect. Awesome arm, great mobility, things of that nature. Some people want to say he's raw. I don't think he's as raw as people want to say he is. I constantly say that he's, like, way more refined than a guy like 
what's his name? Freaking Trey Lance last year. I, I feel like he's a better overall prospect. And Trey Lance went number three overall. Can somebody explain that one to me? How, like, Trey Lance with, like, a worse arm, semi-worse athlete can somehow, some way go above Malik Willis? I don't really understand that as well. But, you know. Okay. Uh, Chris Olave really had a great – the Ohio State guys. I'll just call them the uh, the twins from Ohio. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, they just had great, great days. Uh, ran fast. I, I use the analogy or not even the analogy, just the phrase. They ran fast, they caught balls, and they ran good routes. Or they ran good routes, caught balls, and ran fast. And it's just like that's what happened with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson – Jahan Dotson, he ran fast, and he caught balls, and he ran good routes. Traylon Burks did the exact same thing. Alec Pierce with, like, a 4-3-3, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati, who I love, by the way. Super interesting player. I'm super excited to see what team he goes to. One, of, By the way, one of the best wide receiver draft classes, because it's super top-heavy, but it also has an extreme amount of depth to it in the second and third round. I mean, you tell me you get Alec Pierce in the second round. I'm going to tell you, you freaking hit on a home run. He could be a number one wide receiver one day. If not, he already is a number one receiver right now. He's like 6'3". I don't know why he's not getting more conversation if I'm 100% honest with you. He's like almost the size of a tight end when it comes to his height and his length. And he has great hands. And for some weird reason, he also, to boot, runs like a 4-3-3. It's like, I shrug my, I don't get it. Calvin Austin, the speedy, I think five foot seven, uh, wide receiver out of um, Memphis. He had a great day, four three two. Sky Moore, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, who I love, four four nine forty, and had a great showcase of his throws. Uh, Kevin Austin, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame, love him. Uh, he had a great workout. So did George Pickens, the Georgia wide receiver. Great job great day um bu, 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 bu. who else had a great day christian watson isaiah weston these are wide receivers jelani woods the tight end out of virginia tech he had a yeah just a great day overall six seven two what is it 30 40 pounds awesome wide re not awesome wide receiver awesome tight end prospect just a dangerous guy jalen weidermeyer um he had a good workout, but I don't think he's anything uh, like I don't think Jalen Weidemeyer is like a first round draft pick, especially seeing like some of the issues with um, with his concentration being like pretty consistent. But Jalen Weidemeyer, interesting player, as well as uh, Jelani Woods. Trey McBride was my favorite tight end, man. He was awesome. So awesome at the combine. He did everything that I wanted a tight end to do. He showed that he could block in line, or not even block. He he could show he showed, excuse me, that he could line up in line. He showed that he could run nice, good routes, tight ends. Like the most important thing for me is, do you have soft, big hands? And he does. And he's just, he's just, he's just an awesome, awesome, awesome prospect. Out of um, I don't even know what is it, Colorado State University, I think. Awesome prospect. that's it for the tight ends who else oh yeah the running backs you know what's funny kenneth walker who i love out of msu great workout again he ran a four 
three seven as like a running back. I'm surprised nobody's talking more about Kenneth Walker. Because it's like, you see him run fast, you see him run hard, you see him run through the tackles, you see him run by people. The only thing that you don't see is that, you know, is that um, him catching the ball. But then you saw him catch passes at freaking, um, at the combine. And you're like, holy shit, he can catch. Like, he's a great running back, or at least I think he is. Or he has the, uh, the aptitude for it. I'm like... I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, he's a first round draft pick. And then kind of going back on that a little bit. But now I'm like firmly definitive, definitively on. He's a first round draft pick. If you ask me right now, like, who would I rather have? Like, Kenneth Walker or Najee Harris? Instantaneously, I want to say Najee. I want to, like, I, I, like I, I still think Najee. But Kenneth Walker is not. Goodness gracious, he's not far behind. Goodness gracious, man. Holy smokes. I can't believe how awesome. Not not Najee, excuse me. I mean, Najee is awesome. But I can't believe how freaking, like, awesome Kenneth Walker is. Anyways. We'll see what happens with him. He had a great day. Wide receivers in general, um, not wide receivers, running backs in general, they had a pretty decent workout. James Cook was really, really awesome. Ty Chandler out of NC. Uh, Tyler Goodson as well. Brees Hall, Bryce Hall, however you say his name, name. The Iowa State running back was awesome as well. Really, really nice day for running backs. Some of them, not all of them. Um, Kyron Williams ran like a slow-ass 40, like 4-7 almost. It was so weird to watch how slow he was. Because he did not look slow at Notre Dame. I'm like, that's confusing to me. But, you know, it was fine overall. Jordan Davis ran a 4.82. He was awesome. Travis Jones was awesome. Logan Hall. Amari Barno ran like a 4.37, which is, I, I don't get that. Trevon Walker was great. The defensive tackle prospect out of Georgia. Who else was awesome? Devontae Wyatt. There were some really, really great defensive tackles that were at the Combine that really, really did a great job at the Combine. Kavion Thibodeau did a really, really awesome job. Um, who else? The Kavion Thibodeau, the defensive end out of Oregon. Who else was pretty awesome? Can't remember. I don't really have any defensive ends. Want to know what it wasn't awesome? Corners. They ran slow. They had good workouts for the mo uh, for the majority of the workouts that I watched, the workouts being workouts where they actually play the corner position and not try to play some weird hybridization of the corner and the wide receiver position. You're not Trevon Diggs. I don't expect you to catch passes. But a lot of the corners that I liked ran slow. And then it was just like the weird thing is some of the corners, some of the corners that like, I like some of the, like a lot of the corners that I liked ran slow. I'll just say that a lot of the corners that I liked ran slow and then kind of to like make matters worse. In my opinion was that a guy like a mod Garner who has no reason to run fast or semi fast ran like a four, four, seven. Like, I mean, Kyra lamb, one of my favorites ran a four, five and a four, four, seven, which is, you know, the four, four, seven is good, 
But then it's just like Roger McQuarrie, one of my favorite corners in the draft, ran a four five eight. It's like what? What? He ran a four five four, but I mean, still, it's it's like it's so weird how slow some of these corners ran. And I constantly say, I'm like, look, you have to be fast to be a corner. You're not always going to be in phase, and you have to have that catch up speed when you're out of phase to get back into phase. You know. I think Derek Stingley, if you want my honest opinion about it, I think Derek Stingley probably would have been able to have run like a 4-3. We'll see what happens at his pro day. But holy smokes, man. Some of these guys, man, did not run very fast 40s. And I was shocked at how slow some of the corners were comparably to some of the wide receivers, especially like a guy like... Um, Brandon, not Brandon, um, Traylon Burks. It just fucking blazed, bro. Just absolutely ran by. Maybe not. Yeah, he ran by people on uh, on tape in games, but then it's just like he ran a 4-5. I thought he was going to run like maybe a low 4-4. A low 4-40, excuse me. But he just ran by people. He was awesome in college. And then it was just like, I'll take 4-5. He ran a 4-5. Dudes weren't running 4-5s. I'm like. You know, and, you know, you, you look at their game tape and their game film and you're like, okay, like he's not, uh, or more specifically, some of these guys um, are going to be better. Maybe not better, but like, like it's hard to describe. It's like, I doubt, I doubt that these, these players are going to be the exact same players um, when they go to when they play in the end like it's hard it's hard to describe excuse me especially when it's late at night and I'm dealing with like this weird thing with my sinuses right now but um oh my god but like I don't think some of the like I think that it matters how fast you run and things of that nature but I also think for corners that they had for some of these corners they had good enough tape it's just weird that they could not run very fast whatsoever. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, um, I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about basketball, and we'll probably talk about free agency tomorrow. Um, 24th podcast.